Are you gay? Geeky? Just enjoy hearing your good Judy's dish about the latest in pop culture? Well, then you're in luck. The boys of Flame On are here for you. In every episode, we discuss the topics that entrance us. Whether it's comics, TV, movies, drag queens, or video games, we've got you covered. So, if you're ready for your gay and geeky slice of pop culture life, then sit back and get ready to Flame On! Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. What's going on, everybody? Patrick Barry here, and we are back, back, back again. It is time for another pop culture roundup, and I'm being joined on the West Coast by Brian. Good morning. And on the <laughs> East Coast by BJ. Good morning. And Eric. Good morning, everybody. I thought you were going to Robin Williams that shit. And, uh, <laughs> good, good morning, Vietnam. Good morning, Vietnam. There oh, it's way go. too early for that. Uh, <laughs> the best part about this, and it amazes me, because Brian picks the top. <laughs> yeah, I just say, "What's the earliest we can do this?" And he's like, "Eleven Eastern." <laughs> I was, I was about to make make a bet, being like, "I wonder if he's gonna wake up," because there was one recording like he completely slept through, it, and I can't remember which one it was. One time, only once, and that's <laughs> impressive for me. I also have to be up at 4 a.m. tomorrow to catch a flight to the East Coast, so I'm like, you know what? Let's just rip the bandaid off and like, well, let's just ease myself into a, a earlier start time. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's how we do it. But we are here not to talk about the time on the East and West Coast, but to chat about the month in pop culture. So our, our recording schedule has been a little wonky as of late, and um, we're releasing episodes not in our normal pattern, and uh, I apologize about that. Normally, I'm the one that keeps the trains running on time. Um, life has been crazy and uh, not been the best in uh, some cer- certain circumstances in my life, and uh, it's thrown everything off. And uh, we're going to get a little bit back on track. We're actually going to have a little bit of a December treat for you all. This is going to be the first of four episodes that are going to drop in the month of December. We are going to be putting out a couple of additional uh, microsodes as well as our faves of 2022. I was going to say best of 2022, but that would sound like we were doing the uh, old uh, clip shows that I would put together a couple times out of the uh, over a couple of different years, but we are going to reconvene and as a little holiday treat, you are going to get to hear our favorite pop culture thingamabobs, doohickeys, and media 
of the year that has gone by. So stay tuned for that. Thank you so much for hanging out with us and supporting us this entire year. Um, We're also going to be working on getting all of our Patreon stuff up to date. I know I keep saying it, uh, but we're working on that as well. And uh, yeah, let's finish out this year strong, everybody. Woo! Ah. bobs. I got 20. (laughs) Uh, Good, because you're going to need those for that roundup at the end of the year. (laughs) Did did I get that right, Disney gay? Did I gaze? Did I get that right? I mean, yep, you're the little mermaid, all right. Hooray! You, you, you did till the new movie drops and the racists get mad, and then oh. the mere mention and the mere Don't, mention of the Little Mermaid uh, triggers everyone. Let me just tell you, I had an unexpected conversation about Black Little Black Ariel at Thanksgiving uh, with some vegan friends of mine, and it was unexpected and weird. And I was like, "Why am I defending Black Ariel to you?" <laughs> oh, they're upset about that. They just dropped. Um, they just dropped uh, pictures of the rest of her sisters, and they're not all white, so they're they're gonna be they're gonna, everybody's about to be upset. Good, no, I, but it, but what's funny is this is this is a, this little count as our cold open. What counts uh, or what 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 the discussion wasn't like what you expect. It wasn't oh why isn't Ariel white? It's like why isn't Disney making original black content? And I was like, uh-huh. well, they could do both. Like, there's nothing wrong with both. <laughs> So anyway, it was, those I know, I know. It was, it was it was a weird way to spend my anyway, it was good. It was fun. Tofurky yeah, makes you crazy. Tofurky <laughs> makes you crazy indeed. Let me tell you. That stuff is Turkey rubber. makes you sleepy. Tofurky makes you crazy. <laughs> oh my god, you're right. Wow. Wow. Go on, girl, give us nothing. Is what people were saying to Mariah Carey during the Thanksgiving Day Parade. Which I thought was fantastic. I'm all about her just standing there with an umbrella and her kids dancing around. <laughs> is that what she did as a performance or just, oh, she one, was just there? One, 100%. Yeah, I mean, what do you want her to do? <laughs> so she was supposed to sing and did she just like not? None of them sing live. None of them sing oh, yeah. live. Well, right. None but I mean, she didn't live. even like, she just kind of swayed. No, I mean, she had her mic. She looked like she was performing, but Mar- it's Mariah. Mariah doesn't dance. Mariah doesn't dance around the stage. Like, she stood there in a lovely pink gown with a little tiara on, holding her pink umbrella and singing. Girl, you know it's true. Ooh, <laughs> ooh, ooh. Does she I just sing you. All I Want for Christmas, or what does she do now? Well, I mean, she had her, the she had an album come out in, what, 2018, 2019? And then, I mean, that's the biggest part of her career right now is when Christmas rolls around. She has four shows that she's doing, two in Toronto, two in New York. If anybody out there listening wants to buy me a last-minute ticket and fly me to New York to see Mariah Carey, I'll even fly to Toronto. I'm fine with that. I've got documentation. <laughs> uh, I, I would love to go see her again. It's been uh, a couple of years since I last saw her. But, I, I mean, she's not touring new music right now. She doesn't need to. She just put out a Christmas book. A book, princess. Yes, yeah. Uh It's a little like um, it's a story of little Mariah and Christmas. Does she get frozen like the rest of the year and wheeled out at the in October? Ma'am, we will not stand for that kind of slander. We only (laughs) talk about we only talk about her standing and swaying on this podcast. Well, no wonder she she just stands. She's all. I was going to say, have you have you not seen her her it's time videos? She released a new. 
Oh my god, she did I one this year. I thought somebody else. That's her releasing those? No, that's her. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's her. funny then. Okay, that's she's, funny. she's in they on the joke. They oh, have yeah. gotten so over the top. Because if you go back, and we've talked about this on the podcast. I know we have. <laughs> every, every holiday season. I'm pretty sure it was a one-up like last year. Um, it first, the first time she did it was like... I want to say like four years ago, four or five years ago. And it was literally just her in like uh, a Halloween costume, like a little rocker, like, you know, spiky Tina Turner wig and like denim jacket. And she like passes out on her bed and it pans over to her phone and says October 31, uh, 1159. And then it switches to November 1, 12 a.m. And then she, like, it starts playing, like, a All I Want for Christmas is You ringtone. And she, like, p- sits up in bed in her in her Christmas pajamas. And she's like, it's time! And since then, it's gotten progressively more of a production. Oh, my God. Last year, it was uh, three pumpkins outside of a door. And one was carved with it's, uh, one with not, and then one with time. And then, like, the same thing, that October 31 into November 1, and she comes out with the baseball bat and smashes the knot, and then it's time. And then, BJ, since you brought it up, do you want to describe what this year's It's Time video was? Oh, my God. This year, she was dressed as the Wicked Witch of the West, and she's, like, on a a bicycle, and she's just, like... She's on a Peloton and she's just cackling. And then you see the you see the dates just all start falling. And then like November first fl- flies in front of the camera, flies away, and she is what I mean. She's in a winter wonderland. She is like ice and snow everywhere. She's got like the she's got a full Mrs. Claus gown, and this time she sings it. She's like it's time, and like. Her high pit, her high Mariah Carey note, and then it's it's a whole production. Next year, I'm almost I'm almost thinking she's gonna put on a concert, like Halloween night, and then as soon as midnight hits, she's gonna start singing "All I Want for Christmas Is You." Like, it, she's it have is like the insane. ball drop or some crazy shit. Like, <laughs> oh my god, I, I do respect the fact that she's just full in on this now. That's, that's oh yeah, good. that's good. That's where that's where her money. That's where most of her money I, comes from. I, I ain't mad at her. That's why she doesn't have to do much else. <laughs> Maybe a occasional <laughs> concert. I mean, she was also paid twenty eight million dollars to not record any more records for helps, one helps. of her previous uh, record labels. <laughs> That woman, I mean, she is a, a, she just got inducted to the Songwriter Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Um, she has, uh, what was it? I was reading a, a, a thing about Taylor Swift. Um, but the, she is one of the only female artists to have, I think it's six albums that are like over 20 million units sold. This woman is done. She's a living fucking legend in the the music industry, and it's it's crazy. Like, I mean, people people want to want to shit on Mariah and and joke about her all they they want, but that woman has made a huge fucking impact in the music industry, and that you cannot escape all I want for Christmas is you. It is the only modern Christmas song that has impacted and and wedged itself lodged itself in the cult the culture you know and everybody puts out christmas music every year and there's some great christmas music out there y'all know i love me some bare naked for the holidays like bare naked ladies may not be who you think of when you think of christmas music 
but I'm down. I love that album. But All I Want for Christmas Is You is the only one that everybody knows. And I love it. You going to add that uh, that new Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special uh, soundtrack to the mix? <laughs> I the songs there are, couple, uh, you know. There were a couple of cute songs. The Kevin Bacon one was <laughs> interesting. We're gonna get there. We're gonna get there. But uh, but it does the the album does include uh one of my favorite kitschy uh Christmas tunes in uh the waitress's Christmas wrapping. Like, I don't know why that's you know it. Like, it doesn't you you wouldn't know it from the 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 title. But um, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. Uh oh, God. Oh, what are the words? Shit. I'm gonna have to go back and figure that out. Those are the right lyrics. <laughs> oh, I know. Festive, absolutely I'm festive. I'm trying to figure out what the next words were. <laughs> you would know it though, Brian. Brian's got that look of like I, I don't know the song. If you hear when you hear it, you'll know it. I'm sure it's I'm one right. of those. I'll listen. Uh, I'll listen. I'll look it up after this. Uh, I'll add to my uh, non-existent Christmas playlist. No, I, do, I do have a playlist. <laughs> I, I, need, I need to start putting together my my trim my bush playlist, and um, that's gonna that'll end up on it this year, and possibly some of the stuff from the Guardians uh, special. But that's enough cold open. That's enough of us chatting about Christmas and Mariah. <laughs> welcome, welcome to our Mariah Carey Christmas micro episode. <laughs> Oh my god, can you imagine I just cut this all out and just make that its own little micro? It's time! Oh my god. The the (laughs) production. The production. I love it. Anywho. (laughs) Oh, by the way, there are some really... She has this... this, I think it's a onesie on her site. She put out a bunch of Christmas merch. And I want the onesie so bad, but it is like eighty five dollars. Like I love you, Mariah, but not that much. <laughs> I love you, but I'm broke. I'm a broke homosexual. I'm not one of these <laughs> homosexuals with uh, disposable income that can buy this. So again, if there's anybody out there listening who would like to buy me a Mariah Carey onesie, I'm totally down. Just message me. <laughs> Anywho, let's switch off of Mariah. And uh, I'm going to just stand here with my umbrella and sway while we talk about our first topic. Uh, (laughs) Let's go ahead and throw it over to Brian to kick us off with our first topic on this roundup episode. Well, so I have been, um, I don't know why I've been doing this. I've been watching this show that I used to watch back, oh, I don't know, a few years ago. Uh, when it was supposedly still good and then would, you know, lead you along a garden path and you thought, oh, this is, this is pretty good. Wow. They're turning a corner. And then something would happen about episode five, maybe four sometime where you just completely throw your hands up and go, what the hell? Come on. Why, why are you doing this to me again? And then you're reminded of all the abuse in the past. Anyway, sometime about American Horror Story. Well, <laughs> yes. I mean, kind of, sort of. You're, you're, you're totally ah! you're right. My wig. Um, My wig. But, uh, no. Yeah. Wig. <laughs> Ryan Murphy um, does have this track record with his projects, and it's specifically with Glee and American Horror Story. I think some of his like more tight sort of, sort of narrative, 
Like, like you know, I'm thinking. Uh, I don't want to talk about what's tight on Ryan Murphy. <laughs> that's a he's different. Not, that's a, different a lot of work. Oh, I know it's not tight. Yeah, right. No. Oh, um, yeah. Especially Ooh, after Big Daddy visits. Yeah. Um, no, uh, some of his like, you know, short form stuff, uh, I'm thinking Hollywood. Um, I don't know. There's probably something else there. <laughs> a couple of his other ones, like they're fine. They're, they're a little stronger. I feel like because it's a, it's a sort of a closed story. He doesn't have the room to just dither around. And to be fair, I'm saying Ryan Murphy as the showrunner, he is not writing like a lot of it. I think he's kind of like sharing most of the writing with Brad Falchuk and then there's probably a writer's room. But doesn't matter because there's a pattern I've observed. And even on their like split seasons where they took the whole 22 or whatever, or not even 22, 18, I don't know. They split it in half that one time or they do like a double feature. Even then when you only have like eight episodes, I feel like he still does it. So we're talking about uh, American Horror Story NYC, which <clears throat> is set in New York City. Uh it started out so good. It was so delightful. <laughs> delightful. delightful is the wrong word. I, uh, I I think it was so gritty, but also like gay. Like I have not seen this level of queer content on my television since I like you know accidentally Chromecast the browser tab that had like OnlyFans. Like I was so <laughs> impressed that. I was watching, and admittedly, I'm not watching this on broadcast because I don't have broadcast, but I was watching it on, like, Hulu. But I'm, I'm like, so confused by that analogy. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? So confused. Like, I, 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 okay, there's a lot of sex. I think there's a lot of, uh, well, there's a, there's a, there's a more sex than I expected. I shouldn't say a lot of sex. There's just more, like, just fucking and, and, and queer cruising and leather, like, I just I was surprised that on an FX show, uh, it was this this honestly like queer. But I mean, Ryan Murphy's a gay man. I think this is probably something he's wanted to do for some time. Uh, it it uh, you know he has done other spicy projects for sure. Um, but to see horror story, American Horror Story, which has been around now for what. 10 years, 11 years. They're on season. This is, I think 11, right? Yeah. 11. Yeah. Uh, yeah this, this is 11. And, but I and, think it's been like 13 years. Cause nope. I mean, there was a break. Well, they, there was a break, but it is, uh, the, I'm looking at a, a cheat sheet. Uh, it started in 2011. So it's actually been 12, like, no, how many years is it? 11, 11 years. Yeah. Wow. So they somehow managed to like write the ship somehow. Oh, oh, um, not even, not even that, but they've got two spinoff seasons of American Horror Stories, the anthology series. They have. Well, let's just not talk about those because they're pretty bad. <laughs> um, actually, I watched like a couple episodes of the, 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 what's the, the leather, not the leather, uh, Rubber Man, Rubber, Rubber Man. It's Rubber. Um, I thought it was Rubber Woman. It, it is. Is I was trying to be like, trying to like, space it there anyway it doesn't make sense um <laughs> rubber wool man um and uh yeah it's bad um but that's fine that one's that was a true anthology like every episode's different but yeah. um this season set place in new york as we said in the early 80s i believe it's like 81 82 it's like it's like at that period of the 80s where it's really like the late 70s still but you just yeah. get like that turn the corner a very good in- year 81 i should say to, oh, is that to, a, to, to vintage year. It's a vintage year. Uh, I, I I was very pleased that they said it there. I was very pleased. I'm totally I totally missed your joke. I'm sorry. 
<laughs> I was born in 81. Jesus oh, Christ. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. I was hey, born in 81. Right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Fine. Half the cast was born in 81. <laughs> oh. Yes. Oh, yes, we were. <laughs> All you early 80s babies. It's delightful. Um, But no, like, I, I just, I don't, uh, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't hate the cast at all. Um, I'm trying to pull up this freaking cast list and it's killing me. I'm sorry. I'm still working. Joe Mantello. Russell Tovey. Well, Russell Tovey, yes. Let's get oh, back yeah. in. Let's start with Joe Mantello because honest <laughs> to God, since Hollywood, I, I really <laughs> love this man. He's delightful silver daddy. Um, he, he I, I assume he's a Broadway actor. I need to look at what else is he's, what else he's done, but like dude owns it as this, hard scrabble reporter editor-in-chief uh of this queer a village publication um in the early 80s and he's trying to just help his community by finding out why people are getting murdered you know what's the deal with this 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 stalker in in the central park or or i don't even know the chelsea docks where are they cruising i pat you should know this where are they cruising in that uh in that have you watched this yet um, no, and I was born in 81. I was not cruising the docks in 81. No, but like, I think that it's, <laughs> when you watch it, go back and see if you can figure out where I, it's supposed to be a park. Like, I don't know if it's Central Park. It could be anywhere. I don't know. Um, it doesn't look like a dock or anything, but it does look like a park. Um, and there's like a tunnel or something. But yeah, there's this, there's this, this, this area where these gay men cruise in the 80s, early 80s. Um, and and there is this sort of serial killer monster leather daddy. They, they they actually eventually like say he looks like this guy Big Daddy, and he he just appears like a stalker, like a you know Michael Myers, like a you know whatever to to kill people and basically kills them when they're alone, looking for uh, somebody to uh, fornicate with. So I mean it's uh it was uh it, it's it's the setup. From there it goes into some really weird other directions uh but uh yeah uh what's his name joe mantello great actor so glad he's like the main guy his partner uh relatively maybe recently boyfriend is a new york cop who is not out uh, at the beginning of the season played by russell tovey and this is the first time russell tovey to my knowledge has worked with uh ryan murphy uh he's been added to the collection if you will of uh, gay actors, I do still, you know, give give Ryan Murphy all the shit for his uh, his storytelling choices and all that. But he hires queer actors consistently. They may or not may or may not be the same queer actors all the time. But the fact that he he is very consistent now in hiring queer, uh, both you know, gay, lesbian, trans. He he's got um, he's got uh, what's her name? Sandra Bernhardt shows up playing Sandra Bernhardt, like you'd expect. Um, <laughs> He's got uh, Billy Lord. So Billy Lord, I, I mean, whatever. I don't know what her situation is, but um, you know, she, she's still great. So I, I'm, I'm okay with Billy Lord. Zachary Quinto, like, okay. So we all remember Zachary Quinto. I think his first role was, um, oh god, what was that show with the superpowers? Oh, Heroes. 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 He, was, he was one of the main villains. Um, yeah, he was. Uh, he was pretty Siler. like. He was introduced as this horrible like kind of character, like this villain. So I, I, I'm not going to spoil too much, but let's just say in this season, if he's not a villain, he's certainly a not likable kind of like Lothario, exploitive, kind of kind of into uh, dominating, but like in a really cruel, sadistic kind of way. Um, yeah, he's 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 a character. Uh, so you know he's great. Dennis O'Hare plays this like old school 
queer, like, I don't know. I'm trying to place like where they were, what they were going for exactly. But just imagine that gay bar you go to where there's that corner of the old gays. And I mean, like they're old gays or like, like seventies Eric is the seven. Like they're in their seventies now. And they're just like catty, <laughs> but they're dressed up. This this isn't always the case in Florida, I know, but they're dressed oh, no. up. It's, it's very obvious here, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're just they're just like hey, holding court. That that's uh, Dennis O'Hare. He gets to play this character. That there's there's more to. But 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 here's the thing. This set lots of butts. I get it. There's lots of butts in this, actually. Uh, there's some peen. I, actually, is there a penis? Actually, no. I take it back. I don't think there's any penis. There's no obvious penis, but like you can in, in penis implied penis for sure. Um, I was gonna say if FX is starting to show dick on their shows, like that's a whole new level. I, I, I think I have to go back and redo uh, Nip Talk then. Oh, I know, right? No, I don't think there's any. I don't think there's any peen. That that, that would be spectacular. But um, there, there's certainly not a lot left to the imagination in some of the outfit choices, which is fine. Uh, but there is a uh, a bathhouse. There's a bathhouse on not major network, but on FX. There is a bathhouse. There's a lot. Actually, they go back to this a lot. And one of the most delightful, inspired by real life events that is in this uh, scene with the bathhouse is there is a lounge singer singing at the bathhouse. And it is Patty motherfucking Lapone. I would say it had been, it had been like when I heard that there was this there was a singer in the bathhouse. I was like, if it's not Patty Lapone or wasn't it Bette Midler that that's how she ever started? Yeah, no, I mean, it better be Patty Lapone, and I was like, absolutely ecstatic. Well, because she has a history of she's done side characters and stuff on American Horror Story, so. I couldn't remember if she had or not, but I, yeah. I do appreciate greatly the reference to not just Bette Midler, but most famously Bette Midler. And, um, and actually, for your previous comment, uh, Billy Lord, she was in, she played a major role in uh, American Horror Story 1967, uh, the slasher flick one. She was a main character in that season. Yeah, she's been in a couple now, and that's fine. Yeah. Like, I, 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 what was, the, I forgot what the first project that she worked with. Didn't she, was she on Slash? Or Scream Queens, uh, maybe? Scream Queens. Yeah. Scream Queens yeah. was her first yeah. Ryan Murphy uh, uh, project. Yeah. so that, she's, that, she's been part of the cast since 2017 on American yeah. Horror Story. I know she's popped up a few times, but um, yeah. Anyway, so seeing little, little you know, Carrie Fisher Jr. I'm, I, that's not her name. But, you know, basically, like I love I love her any, any amount of time. Although her character is a little uh, underutilized, let's say, this season. Um, but... Uh, Another weird, like out of nowhere cameo besides Patty, um, Cal Penn uh, shows up, and so Cal Penn is uh, relatively recently out. Uh, Was it Harold and Kumar? Right, that's his big uh, movie. He was claimed to fame, right? I um, think so. I think he was on, but she was on some other TV shows, and he was I on House for a bit. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. He was um, worked for Obama for a little while. Like he's gotten mm-hmm. around. He's done some stuff. He he was on How I Met Your Mother. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so good. Thank you for filling in these uh, cow pin gaps. Anyway, he shows up in, a, in, in like this police chief <laughs> playing like this grizzled, aggressive New York cop stereotype police chief. <laughs> Something out of like a Batman. <laughs> Gotham, oh, you know, God. like, but, but 
I, I just, I don't buy it. I mean, Cal Penn, I'm sure, can be a gruff, whatever. He's fine. But it's just, it's so not the characters like he's played ever anywhere. Um, it, it was it was a bold choice. I don't know that it's always successful. I do appreciate, again, another out actor that uh, Ryan Murphy is putting to work. But, you know, either way. So all of this is, like, in the mix. And they're all trying to figure out this mystery and then you get this other thing possibly related that's called the they're called the Mai Tai killer because they basically slip like Mickey the uh, roofies or whatever into Mai Tais to like get guys to to sort of be easier or whatever to 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 take home and then you know basically torture and kill and then there's there's more to that you know storyline and I forgot the actor who plays the serial killer. And it's not revealed until like the third or something episode. But he's been in weird other productions too. Um, I got to find his name because he's just he's just he's just weird. Anyway, uh, all of it's in the mix. There's obviously like this. Um, well, not obviously. There's a scene where they're on Fire Island, which I, you know, sure appreciate all the Fire Island love. Right. Uh, but like there's a scene where like the Billy Lord character is investigating this rare, weird illness that the deer seem to have and it's killing them and it's causing, um, I can't ever get the name of this, uh, right. Carsey sarcoma. Was it not Carsey sarcoma? Um, the, the skin issue that when you have HIV or AIDS, like really advanced, you get the, the sort of growths on your skin, you know, that one. lesions. Yeah. Lesions. All right. So, so they, they basically they're introducing this, this mysterious illness that's spreading around the gay community and you're sitting there like, okay, it's early '80s. Okay, w- what are you doing, Ryan? What are we are we doing an AIDS story, or what are you are you port? Is it like a, a you know portent, you know foreshadowing? Like what what are you doing here? Where is this going? In the mix with the serial killer, the the mysterious, so the, the both serial killers, because really they are kind of separate. Um, and all of this is fine. All of this is like you know whatever. Great start. BJ, did you get to the full? Well, did you get to the episode where they do the flashback on uh, Fire Island? Yeah, yeah, I, I got to that episode, and it it's just from what I've read in the reviews and everything. It seems like the the killer Big Daddy. It's everybody's like, is he a metaphor? Is he this? And like, the only answer anybody's ever been able to figure out is just like, yes, everything, all the things. <clears throat> um, so it's I haven't I haven't completely finished it. Right, um, neither have I. So let's be but, fair. Like we're we're not completely spoiling anything here to say no. there's a there's a mystery. It may or may not resolve. I guess it's an the season's over. So that's kind of impressive. Yeah. They didn't do the usual. All right, we're really going to beat this horse into the ground for another ten episodes, like they have they've done in the past. But um, I also have not seen a lot of like. Wow, that's so good. You got to go back and watch that. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I, I just seen a lot I, of middling. I heard, I heard that it, it went off the rails and did not stick the landing, which is par for the course for yeah. American yeah. Horror Story. Well, and that's what I was going with this this flashback. So you have these – I'm just going to spoil this one thing. You have these characters that have, like, no interactions with each other, really. They're not related in any, in any noticeable way. Nobody know, It's It's just, like, random people all in the city dealing with this thing. And then there's a flashback and you find out that there's like not two characters that have a connection in a past, but, but not three characters that have a connection in a backstory, but four characters 
that have not interacted whatsoever all have this shared history of this this horrible thing that happened that they have to deal with and it's like oh my god so so like you know out of nowhere it almost felt like a retcon i don't you know whatever it may have been intended but it was just so like just ridiculous and like and then it felt like a time jump that didn't make any sense with two other characters i i don't know about episode i think four or five wherever that lays i just i i mean i'm gonna go back and finish it this is me telling you uh in all transparency like i don't know that i recommend this show other than wow that's some bathhouse that's some leather that that's that's a slice (laughs) of early gay 80s in new york city like i mean that alone sure it's cool it's like you could go back and watch cruising which is also pretty horrible uh in its own way uh with al pacino back from that era uh but like you know as a as a more modern take on that era in for 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 all of the the warts and all like i think genital warts and all i feel like oh oh my god sorry genital warts reminded me of this um there's a there's a klaus on our souls there's a klaus know me there's a fucking Klaus Nomi, uh, uh, mon- not montage, uh, like reference, like like they don't call him Klaus. I don't, I don't think they call him Klaus. He he's not actually supposed to be Klaus Nomi, but he is Klaus Nomi. Like you, there's no doubt when you see this character uh, dancing on um, this in this warehouse doing his weird performance art stuff, which I evidently don't know enough about Klaus Nomi because I didn't realize he did some of this weird performance art stuff uh, but I, apparently I, you know he has genital warts well no i don't know why <laughs> i cannot tell you why those are linked in my brain but uh, and i'm not oh, alleging Lord. that by the way i'm not trying to get the klaus nomi estate suing me or anything for besmirching their uh, their heritage here but uh but you know who does show okay what was that uh quentin choir what was that show um on sci-fi uh not quentin choir not quentin choir that's an x-men <laughs> I was like, Kid what, was that, what was that, Quentin? It was like a magic show. It lasted a few seasons. It had this fabulous queer character in it. Oh, my God. My brain is complete mush. Um, did, you, did you drink any coffee this morning? I don't drink coffee. What are you doing? No, I didn't, okay, I didn't drink soda either, so that's how bad it is. Um, no, it, there's a couple actors that pop up that I was like, oh, my God, I love them. Completely can't spacing on their name, but um, he was the friend or roommate of Klaus Nomi, so that's why I thought of him. So I don't know, I don't know. BJ, am I am I off? Are you, are you sure? Are you sure? It just wasn't uh, Courtney Act in a tuxedo drag outfit holding a rainbow <laughs> trout. Oh my god, it very well could have been. Like it, that would have worked too. Um, the magicians, magicians, yes. Oh, uh, what was oh, that? Elliot, Elliot, uh, the guy who plays Elliot in the Magicians. Thank you. Um, you unlocked that part of my brain. Uh, yeah, he's in it. For a hot second, not a big role, but I love that actor. I, I love Elliot in, in Magicians. I think he's great. Anyway, Elliot so he shows up. Wall, whoa, wall. Mm, was the sure. character Hale Isaac Appleman? That doesn't sound right, but I don't know. We'll go with it. That guy, the, the, the Elliot, the fabulous queer character in the Magicians. There's only one. Um, yeah, BJ, what did you think? <laughs> um, first of all, like almost everybody in the Magicians is queer, except for like two. Uh, <laughs> or three um but uh it's so so here's my thing is i appreciate from what i can tell with what they're doing i think ryan murphy is going more for a a more meta look at like like big daddy i think there's but there i think there is somewhat like maybe 30 percent of a misdirect 
on what Big Daddy actually is. Not a ghost, which automatically clears a lot of what-if scenarios for my brain because American Horror Story loves its ghosts that look just like people and you, you're confused until you realize until you see them die. Um, Big Daddy, though, definitely as a character is, is supposed to be more representative of something metaphysical, either the AIDS crisis or something like that. Um, or just, uh, uh, just, um, how people deal with certain things in their own way, especially in that era where you're hiding a lot of what's who you are, what you are, what you're doing. Um, that can, that can, that can cause trauma. Like, so Big Daddy in my head just kind of represents the collective trauma of just being gay in the eighties. Um, so it's a lot more metaphysical than Ryan Murphy's ever done. A lot of his threats and everything in his series are generally physical or somebody going crazy or some sort of monster or ghost or the human condition as Freak Show showed us. Like, you know, man is the real freak. Um, so I think it's definitely, I, I don't know if it's, I feel like it's not going to stick the landing, but I also feel like it's not going to be terrible um, because he's had some endings to series that I found pretty just like, well, why did like, it was, it was a nonstop roller coaster to nothing. Um, but like 1967 is probably my favorite season because it's just, it's pure camp. It's absolutely absurd. And it's only like six episodes long. Wait, so I think 1967, Ryan, which one was I think that? It was, yeah. American Horror Story. 87. 1987. 1987. Okay. Okay. I was like, um, wow, he did it. What in the sixties? I, I mean, he does. Oh, period. 1984. Oh, that makes more sense. Yeah. 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 84. yeah. yeah it, that, that was his slasher season. And he only, it was only like six episodes long. Um, and honestly, I feel like that one stuck the landing for something that deals with like a lot more of the like physical threats. Uh, you have a psychopath, you've got ghosts, you've got hauntings and all that stuff. Um, but definitely I like this for, I, I appreciate what he's trying to do. Um, and I think if he, if he can ever truly stick a, if he, if he could truly stick a landing on a season, I think they would all be bangers. Uh, absolutely all of them would would have been absolutely fantastic but he's just got it he's always had an issue with endings he did pose though pose actually had yeah uh, i don't know go- why uh, it was all around but i think that one was more rooted in reality yeah is that what it is because like when his stuff is more rooted in reality i mean hollywood is is not it's like an alternate reality kind of deal but like it still works overall and mm-hmm. um I didn't finish Nurse Ratchet. That's one that got away from me, but you know, it was kind of. I got canceled I, anyway. Oh, did it? Yeah, I, yeah, I, I did. felt like <laughs> that even had somewhat more coherent sort of whatever. But like, even then, it, it didn't. But like the the ones where he did the um, was it rivals the, or whatever the the two characters against uh, each feud? other feud. Oh, yeah. There it is. Like those even kind of sort of work. Like they're they're a little more consistent. So I don't know. Like he just has, and it could be again. Who he's not writing all of this right. So he's just a showrunner. Brad Falchuk is his partner in crime. Uh, liter- Hell, you know, even even American Crime Story, I think he's like involved with somewhat. And those are largely like, but that's totally like, you know, an adaptation of real events. So, yeah, yeah I think he just needs to not put 20 ideas in a, in a five idea sack, you know, like just, yeah, you don't have to throw everything at the wall to see what sticks. You can sort of go, I don't think, and I, I will say, BJ, do not, I agree that they're the, the the whole Big Daddy, you know, representing trauma. I 
to me, that was so obnoxiously what I saw he was trying to do that I almost hoped that it wasn't because <laughs> it's just the heaviest handed thing I've ever like, like, you know, the metaphor stick is like a fucking uh, oak tree. Like, just, I don't know. I was, I was really hoping that's not what he's doing. I mean, <laughs> I just, I, I like I, looking at him. You're probably right. So. I think you're right, though. <laughs> I just, I just, I really hope that that wasn't what he was. Anyway, we'll see. I, we'll see how it all ends up. But uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just, you got to experience it. I've asked a lot of people, have they watched it? Because I really just want to see what they're experiences like you know how they how they felt running through these episodes or, or or binging them or or like i don't know picking at it i don't know uh so yeah i i'm really curious to see what our, our hear what our listeners thought if anyone enjoyed it um past that like weird flashback episode if anyone thinks it did stick the landing um yeah so i don't know thumbs <laughs> sideways <laughs> And uh, they have switched to shorter seasons. It hasn't been since season seven, which was Cult. Um, that had 11 episodes, but then it's pretty much all been 10, except for season nine, which was 84, which only had nine episodes. Okay. But yeah, they've gone to shorter seasons, which I think probably helps. Because yeah. then they don't have to have as much filler or shouldn't have as much filler. But... Well, it's like in that Coven season when they introduced that sax playing serial killer guy. Like that was to me. Like there's always a moment in these episodes in the in these series where you go, okay, you 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 really didn't need to do that. You know, that's that's extraneous. What are you doing? Like and that that uh, guy who I love that actor uh, when he shows up in Coven that season. Like that to me is the moment when you go, hold up, you you got enough already on your plate here. What do you do? So, so that episode when they go to Fire Island is this this whole uh, what do you call it? Uh, flashback like, to me. That's the that's that jump the shark ish moment. So, but that's good to know. And I, I hope they continually um, dial in the number of episodes uh, successfully. Uh, and also don't watch that anthology series. Um, just, just don't. <laughs> that's it. They're using the extra episodes for uh, American Horror Stories. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. So, uh, what a bad. Yes. Yes. All of it. Uh, Anyway, I'll stop talking about the show that has clearly left its mark on me. Uh, but uh, yeah, you guys, everyone, everyone should just check out, watch the first episode and, uh, you know, see what you think. I mean, I want to watch for Russell Tovey because his body I mean, is caught up to his ears and I, I don't, <laughs> don't hate say it. That. I want the ears to be bigger. No, his, oh, his ears. I mean, I always thought he was adorable. Like I saw him at Megacon one year and he's absolutely fucking adorable. But like. <sighs> Holy shit! His all like like his body has caught up to his ears, and I'm just like, oh, okay, all when, right, easy. You see him first put on like the leather. You're like, oh Ooh. my god, the Ooh. transformation is complete. I just imagine Ooh. Russell Davies like spontaneously <laughs> exploding in his seat when he sees what Russell has become <laughs> uh, after all those years. You know, Ooh. yeah. Anyway. Not mad about it. Not mad about it. <laughs> so that's American Horror Story NYC. So uh, yeah, that was that was a a much more in depth conversation than I thought was going to be about American <laughs> Horror Story. Definitely made its mark. Uh, let's go ahead and throw it over to Eric. What you got for us, Eric? So. Um... Thursday was Thanksgiving, 
And then yesterday for Black Friday, I went to the theater and ate the menu. Oh. Um, you you, you, the, you spent all night working that one up, didn't you? I did. I did. <laughs> I was workshopping it across Facebook and everything. And um, No, the, the menu. It's a... 2022 American black comedy horror film directed by Mike Malloyd, uh, written by Seth Reese and Will Tracy and produced by Adam McKay, Betsy Koch and Will Farrell. Uh, it features an ensemble cast that includes Ray Fiennes, Anya Taylor, joy, Nicholas Holt, Hong Chow, Janet McTeer, Reed Bernie, Judith light and John Leguizamo. Um, it's set in a very upscale restaurant, uh, and Ray Fiennes is the head chef there, and they're there for a multi-course dinner, and as the courses go on, insanity takes place. Um, has anyone else seen the movie? I have. <laughs> I just saw the trailer. It's it's, uh, it's so beautiful. It is it is it is a commentary on how like elitism and different facets of that whole idea are just fucking out of this world. I love it. And I mean the attention to detail though, like all the food stuff looks amazing and right? like I totally want to eat most of those courses. Not experience those courses, but I want to eat those courses. Um, but just the insanity of the ideas going on, like I'll spoil the bread course. The the bread course, um, the chef comes out before each course to kind of give a story and describe the dish. And he describes bread as being this um, – for the poor class and how it's just flour and water. And for so long, it was just them dipping their poor bread in wine for flavor. And so because these people paying all this money for this experience, aren't the poor class, he refuses to give them bread and only gives them the hoity toity little dips and accompaniments for it. Um, But the <laughs> twists that happen, I mean, it's just so delightful. And I don't want to spoil, like, the actual what happens at the end. Oh, oh yeah, definitely. Going into this movie completely blind, because the trailers do an excellent job of, I won't say misdirecting, but definitely, like, like, I, like I, you, on, you, you think you know the movie going in, but you don't really know the whole movie going in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And it's not, and it's not even really a super complicated premise, but honestly, I'm trying to think of the last horror comedy that I watched, and honestly, I can't really. I think um, Psycho Borman. Krampus was kind of yeah. Kramp, Krampus comedy. was like a dark, like a dark comedy, like a yeah. like a dark comedy. So it's, but it, this one, it's very clever. It's super clever in like every it, way. It was a lot funnier than I. I didn't realize it was going to be a black comedy and it was a lot funnier than I thought it was going to be. Oh yeah. I wonder if like the last kind of big theater release one that would fill not the same exact thing, but um, 
Do you remember the hunt? I remember the kerfuffle about the hunt. <laughs> yes. Mean, yes. <laughs> yes. I definitely remember that. But I feel like I feel like that would have a similar like it, it would fall into a similar category. So that's that's what you think going in. That is one hundred percent exactly probably what everybody thought going in. But like seriously, like I want to say the first thirty minutes, I'm like, oh no, this isn't that at all. But it's like, but it's like the best parts of that or the funniest parts of that, and then it just. Honestly, if you've ever watched any cooking show, especially like any of Gordon Ramsay's, uh, was it Hell's Kitchen? If you've watched one episode of Hell's Kitchen, like the jokes and just like the really weird, like dark, funny bits hit so wonderfully. Like, honestly, if, if anybody listening to this has never seen an episode of Hell's Kitchen, I tell you, go watch an episode of Hell's Kitchen, then go see this movie. And like... You'll get the surface level humor, but it'll just go so much deeper than that. It's so fun. But I honestly, I was, you're right, Eric. I wasn't expecting it to be anywhere near that funny, but it was, I actually found it hilarious. Um, And I would say Ray Fiennes does an amazing job as the chef. Um, But Anya Taylor-Joy, I love her in everything I've seen her in. I haven't seen um, what was that move that like time travel dream movie? Uh, was it last night in Soho or something like that? Yes, I haven't seen that, but everything else I've seen her and I really enjoy her. Yeah, I absolutely love her. Oh, I did, and then um, uh, John Linquizamo. I I think I thought I recognized him in the trailer, but I wasn't a hundred percent sure. But like. Oh my god. I was I I forget he still does stuff and he was like a nice little surprise in this movie. Yeah, and I thought his acting was really well really oh, he's good. All, yeah. Um and I thought it was kind of ironic for the 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 part that he was playing. Oh yeah. How good his acting was. Um so oh, you say uh, you've enjoyed Anya Taylor Joy and everything she's been in. Did you watch the New Mutants? <laughs> That's right! Oh my god, I forgot! I completely forgot! Ah! Oh my god! She played one of my favorite. She played one of my favorite Marvel characters. I thought she was cast well as that part. I don't blame her for that movie. That's true. I don't blame any of the actors for New Mutants. I really don't. I don't blame any of them. I don't. You blame the actors for that movie, Pat? I mean, <laughs> Pat's, I Pat's, mean. Pat's the kind. Pat's the kind of person where if somebody shits themselves in a subway car, <laughs> he blames everybody in the situation. He's not. He's not going to be like, oh, that one person was sick. Like maybe the maybe they got food poisoning somewhere. He's going to be like, nope, that bitch shit herself, and the, and her friends, anyone near her is guilty, is guilty of not helping their friend because I have to smell shit now. (laughs) I mean... (laughs) That's the magic of movie making. Um, I will say that that after the movie, I did go to Five Guys and get a cheeseburger, though. (laughs) Did you get... 
<laughs> Eric, did you get it to go? I did. <laughs> <laughs> and that'll be funny after someone goes and watches the movie. Oh, it's good. Oh, that I I made the grossest laugh at that entire scene, and I was like. I think that was one of the funniest things to me, just because I'm a huge horror fan and I'm always waiting for the other shoe to drop. And for something so somewhat normal to happen like that, oh yeah, no, I, it's absolutely, I, 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 that moment happened and I was just grinning for the rest of the movie. The rest of the movie, I was just sitting there like, this is great. This is, this is, this is a warm hug. Like s'mores. <laughs> so another, another inside joke. <laughs> um, I will say that for a good part of the movie, I was almost rooting for the chefs versus the uh, patrons. And yeah. I, I loved the Mater D, um, Elsa. She was probably <laughs> she was one of my favorite characters. But yes, it was a fantastic movie, and I think everyone should go see it. So I'm really glad Ray Fiennes is taking these roles. Um, I, I had a I had a bad Ray Ray Fiennes. Exp- I had a weird Ray Fiennes experience uh, <laughs> on my last flight back from the East Coast. Uh, have you guys seen The King's Man? Not Kingsman, but The King's Man. No, yeah. I, no. I felt weird about yeah. watching. Okay. I was like, I, I was mean, okay. He was. Yes, the movie is very middling to disappointing. However, um, the fact that he did the scene with Rasputin, um, played deliciously by, uh, not Reese Ifan. I think it's, actually, yeah, it is Reese Ifan. So he's the guy in House of Dragon who is the hand. And he's been a bunch of other things uh, over the years. Anyway, that scene with Ray Fiennes, and I, I, I encourage you to seek this out on YouTube. I'm sure it's, YouTube famous because it's such oh, a his leg. The You're leg. talking about his leg. Yes. Yeah. The fact, the way Rasputin heals his leg and that whole scene, like I just, I, I've seen Ray Fiennes in so many amazing roles as a serious actor and all this stuff. And he is getting, he has had, he has a man licking, seductively licking his leg wound and he is reacting appropriately. It is. So anyway, all I'm saying is I'm glad Ray Fiennes later in his career is taking, um, taking these kind of weird roles uh, and having more fun, uh, even if maybe some of the projects aren't as successful. So I'm, I'm glad to hear the menu is uh, good. Did you guys see the movie, the pig or pig? Not the one with, um, Oh, there's one. I Are you talking about the one with Nicholas cage? No, not, not that one. Supposedly there's a movie that's like a spiritual prequel or, or rather this is a spiritual successor to uh, called uh, maybe it's the pig. It's it's not the Nick Cage one. It's but it's it's about that. Because whole... he plays a chef in that one. Oh, maybe it is that one then. I thought he okay. Yeah, maybe it is that one then. But anyway, I I just didn't know if that if that resonance was there. If you had seen that, uh, I have not. Uh, so um, mm-hmm. anyway, I'm glad the 2021 glad... blockbuster that brought in a whopping four million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> Hey, I'm excited. He's uh, Nick Cage is having a little bit of a renaissance after uh, the unbearable. Oh God, I can never get the title right. Uh, unbearable weight of massive talent, or whatever that one is. Uh, I was going to talk about that last time. Uh, by the way, it's a great movie. So um, yeah, Nick Cage uh, is is clawing his career back. 
but obviously Ray Fine, I'm glad Ray Fines is doing good stuff. So yeah, I really do want to see this now. It sounds really, it sounds really great. The, un- the unbearable weight of massive talent. That's it. There you go. Okay. Doing a it lot has of googling been, as you're talking and just throwing out <laughs> little, little bits of information. I appreciate that you're my outboard brain uh, because uh, yeah, clearly I don't have an internal one. Twenty twenty two. I've never heard of any is. of this stuff. Twenty twenty two has been quite the year for. Um, very busy movie titles. Yes. Between that and everything, everywhere, all at once. <laughs> yeah. And it's the it's the kingdom it's the Kingdom Hearts compilation um title <laughs> uh, era of movies. So everything, everywhere, all at once. Point two seven special Redux model or the Marvel comics. Like, uh, oh god, what's a, what's a good one? Uh, you know, uh, Incredible X Men. Colon, the fall of X, colon, Swords X of X, sword, ten, Swords of Ten, Powers of Ten, Ten, Ten times X. But whenever they X, like, of ten. whenever they, there was they, two different, one was an X, one was a Roman numeral. I just love when Marvel will take, take the miniseries and just keep adding colons and keep building out the title. Anyway. Yeah. Listen, Sins of Sinister, Sins of Sinister alone. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> but, I just love that cable in in all of that. Just as a weird side note, looks almost nothing different than what he does in the regular continuity. There's, like, there's all these chimera, there's all these different changes. Then there's just cable. He's like, I'm here. Wait, are you caught up on X Men? No, I've been I've seen all the stuff on Twitter. I've seen the oh. the. Uh, well, Sins of Sinister doesn't come out until early next year, so yeah. I was but like, they, well, they've, they've shown like the year ten, year one hundred, year one thousand designs for like Storm and um, there's like Wolvercrawler, like the Wolverine <laughs> Nightcrawler, Chimera, yeah. And then Cable just looks like his techno organic stuff just turned into trees. It's fine. The it's trees, all, it's all fine. Oh boy, I got yeah, like, look like at this. Like, yeah. It's crazy, but he essentially, I think partially because they're saying that he actually like lived in the era. So he's very similar to the cable we know in the the 616 universe. Anyway, back to the menu. <laughs> <laughs> this is my plan. I just keep diverting us over further and further away. Um, who would, do you know, Eric, who was a, who was the director of the menu? Do you have, do you remember? Did you find uh, Mark Malloyd? I'm just curious because, like, Let's it sounds like this. What is... else has he done? Yeah, he's a British if... television and film director and executive producer. He is best known for his work on the television series Succession and Shameless. Ah. Uh, oh wow. Go. Hmm. It's being British. I'm assuming the original Shameless, not the the American knockoff. Maybe both. Por qué no los dos? <laughs> <laughs> Why not though? Shameless uh, 2011. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Um, so I obviously you speak very highly of it, Eric. Uh, but what would you give it for a flame rating? I would give this. I enjoyed this movie a lot. I would probably give it a four and a half flames. Very nice. Very nice. BJ, what would you give it? Oh, I'm giving this sucker five out of five. Whoa. <laughs> five out of five. I'm sorry, Rich. 
rich people potentially having their lives ruined automatically gives you an automatic <laughs> three point bump. I'm sorry, but like, like that's why I love the first season of the series Revenge. It's a bunch of rich white people having their lives ruined, and I'm just like, I'm here for it. Like, I'm like, sorry, sorry, hey, sorry for you, but not sorry. So yeah, no, a five out of five. I love dark comedies too. So like five out of five, like 100% being biased. (laughs) Sure. All right. (laughs) Oh, goodness. So that is the menu currently playing in theaters. So um, go check it out. It's coming highly recommended from this pod. Dear listeners, we thank you so much for hanging out with us and spending your time listening to our show. We are on the World Wide Web at flameonshow.com. There you can find all of our social media links, as well as uh, our Threadless shop, where you can pick up your own Flame On merch. You can be like Jamie and get your own Flame On swag. Then take a picture in it and uh, send it to us. Tag us on online. Do all of that good stuff and let us know that you are sporting your Flame On wear. Um, you can also go to our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Flame On show. And uh, support us at any one of the four levels that we have there, all the way from the $1 sad, sad tier of a clown inspired uh, level, the level name inspired by Ginger Minge, all the way up to our House of X level where you can be a guest host on a future episode. Again, that is at flameonshow.com and patreon.com forward slash flame on show. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plushcare. Plushcare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. All right. Let's get into our next topic. BJ, what you got for us? Oh, um, she has been described as kooky, but she prefers being called spooky. Um, I am talking about the Tim Burton series Wednesday. Um, with Jenna Ortega playing Wednesday Adams, but it's Saturday. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> for those of you that remember the uh, the wild thornberries, um, no, it's uh, so what's funny is like all the controversy with Tim Burton, everything with people, uh, the original Adams family movies. The first two, Adam's Family and Adam's Family Values, are, like, beyond beloved. Like, I get it. Like, Adam's Family Values is probably one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, and, and probably one of the one greatest of the, Thanksgiving movies of all time. One of the best Thanksgiving movies. One, <laughs> Honestly, one of the best sequels. I mean, it's just, it's, it's a warm hug all around. 
Um, so what about I... Debbie? <laughs> what about me? What about Debbie? Um, oh, no. Nobody else was going to sing Jinx Monsoon with me. All right, thanks. <laughs> um, so there were massive expectations um, for this show. And a lot of people were complaining about um, the casting of Gomez Adams. Um, however, it has been a delight. It has been... Uh, Jenna Ortega as Wednesday, Wednesday Adams is amazing. She is absolutely hilarious. Um, she brings a bite to the character that Christina Ricci kind of had, but she puts her own spin on things. Um, Gwendolyn Christie is just, I love, I just love looking at her. Uh, she plays the principal of the boarding school that the Adams family has to send uh, Wednesday too, after she uh, causes a fellow classmate to lose a testicle. Um, so, which is fine with her because he shouldn't be breeding anyway. Um, <laughs> but she is sent to Nevermore Academy, which is kind of like, it's the place where Gomez, and they, so Tim Burton changed a lot about kind of the mythos, or he added a lot of uh, changes to kind of the world overall of Adam's family. Uh, which I had mixed feelings about. I was a bit nervous because uh, when, when Wednesday goes to Nevermore, you've got like people with abilities. It's 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 essentially like the Gothic X Mansion. Um, you've got a character that's a siren. Uh, her roommate is a werewolf. Um, you have a guy that um, he's like a, essentially he practices witchcraft. Um, so yeah, it's it's very it's very interesting kind of. She meets Sabrina. The, uh, honestly, you know what? It almost feels a li- it's it feels a little bit chilling of Adventures of Sabrina esque. Um, uh, Wednesday, uh, so essentially Wednesday's getting visions, um, and her roommate's a werewolf. Uncle Fester kind of like has electrical powers. Um, he which he did in the movies. He just. You know, electricity never really affected him. Um, but it's interesting kind of putting putting the Adams family in a world where weirdos and outcasts exist outside of the Adams family. Because every Adams family story we've pretty much had is either them against the normies or it's like you meet the extended Adams family and they're all just a bunch of weirdos, zombies, um, Ignatius It. I love Cousin It. Um so having a world where you have Wednesday, who is like the weirdest out of the weird, is kind of interesting. Um, it it it, it cre- I thought it would create an imbalance as far as like the Adams family characters go because uh, Catherine Zeta Jones as uh, Morticia is just inspired. I I didn't I didn't expect to love Morticia as much as I did, and I want more of her. Um, but the overall cast, it's it's highly diverse. Um, every everybody is acting their asses off. I was it a, a Ricky Lindholm just randomly shows up in it, and I was I've seen her in a lot of other stuff. Um, she was in Knives Out as Donna. Um, she's done. Uh, uh, she was in um, the Ducktales animated, the newer animated series. She's um, oats. Well, yeah. She's oats. Yeah. She's oats. Yeah. yeah. 
I was like Ricky Little. I'm like, if you don't say that she's Oates, I'm gonna be so mad. I Franklin Oates for those who may be yes. unaware. I cannot yes, remember which one she was, but I was like, oh I'm my god, sure she's Oates. You're yeah. probably right, yeah. but um, oh my yes. god, she's she's great. Yeah, the and short then brown got... one is Garfunkel. Yeah, yeah, okay. Kate Micucci. Yeah, Kate Micucci. I love, I love, I love Micucci. Micucci. If, if you if you haven't seen the uh, the Garfunkel and Oates TV show. There's one point where, uh, like, the, the manager or whatever is like the short brown one. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, it's and, and then you've got Christina Ricci, who is kind of the dorm, uh, the dorm ma- mother or den mother uh, for Wednesday's uh, dorm, uh, and she's delightfully weird as well. She is. Uh, she works in the. Uh, she does all the botany classes, uh, specializing in carnivorous plants. Uh, for the school, so it's it's nice having at least one person from the original cast kind of show up. Um, oh, and then uh, Uncle Fester, Uncle Fester's played by um, Fred Armisen. Oh my, yes, I, I out of fucking nowhere, like I was like, why he are does you that? It shows up. He just shows up. You're like, what? I didn't know I got a Fred Armisen cameo. It's he's, fantastic. He's like, he's like a comedy. He's like a comedy monster. I just, he just, I mean, I love him. Uh, so, but you have Wednesday at the school. There's all sorts of mysteries. There's a mystery surrounding Gomez uh, and the local town sheriff. The local town is like a is like a weird. They have a place called Pilgrim World. Um, so it's very like. Like, like they go to this the theme park and they're just like witch hunts happen 2 p.m. and 4 p.m. Like so you can already guess like the town clearly has a problem with Nevermore Academy. Um, there are murders and it is straight. This this series is pretty much I would call this a light R. Um, I was debating that because at first you think, okay, it's a Harry Potter meets Adam's family sort of thing, right? So you're not going to go too adult. But then there were some moments where I was like, oh, no, they're not going not adult. This is like, yeah. It's gorgeous. It's TD14 specifically, but um, that your 14 mileage may vary, let's say, uh, depending on how how mature your your 14-year-old is. But, uh, yeah, it's... it's, uh, mostly fine uh unlike we care like our audience is like using this to determine if their kids should watch something but it's mostly <laughs> fine for a yeah. mature teen or or preteen i think but uh yeah there's some there's some adult stuff yeah but it is it is fairly gory i was i was frankly shocked you see somebody's head pretty much uh, falling off their falling off their neck, still partially attached. I mean, um, Adam's family is always kind of gory. Like it's got an element of that in it, but yeah, I think they they make that gore factor more pronounced, and, and specifically some of the brutal uh, uh, killings uh, that this this monster that's on the loose. Uh, yeah, does. I will but, say, um, I will say, Tim Burton feels more subdued than normal. That's uh, all Burton lately has been. I think the Burton the burden that we all think back and love is like the nineties into early two thousands Burton. But like, I don't think anything really in the last 20 years of his has been like, Oh, that's Burton. That's, that's, you know, that I'm thinking, unless someone can think of something, um, he's been like muted and a little more, uh, I don't want to say adult, but just, just less, uh, stylized. I think a little more straightforward, but I I think they got the tree. 
they got some of the black and white. Like they got stylistic elements. In fact, there's a production uh, clip that talks about. Well, this is the Burton tree. Like, <laughs> like this is <laughs> yeah. the creepy Burton tree. And this is, um, this is the thing that's the most Tim Bur- Burtoniest Burton on the yeah. set. Well, and he loves small towns. Like he's always playing with these little small towns, like from uh, you know Edward Scissorhands or Beetlejuice. And so the small town that's near Nevermore, I forgot Jericho. I think like yeah. that's very Jericho. much a, a Burton trope. Um, so, so it's there, but it's not like, I'm going to beat you over the head with my Tim Burtonisms. You know what I mean? Like, it's really yeah. delightfully, uh, not delightfully, but it's, it's balanced. But, uh, the same thing with the Elfman score, which I was like, oh my God, they got Danny to do, uh, this, but even Danny Elfman stuff other than his solo projects, which is, that's a whole other thing. It, they're, they're also a lot more, uh, restrained and, and not as, uh, over the top. So, and- uh, and yeah. I think it's because we're dealing with the fact that they're coming into the Adams family. Tim Burton didn't make the Adams family. Tim Burton doesn't do a lot of like, like, oh, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, like, I'm gonna remake something. He he very much kind of either gets involved with an original thing, um, like with with Henry Selick. Like he he he'll put his touches on it, but he, he this is something like people know the Adams family. So you can't really the Adams family, while outlandish and weird, they have very muted colors. Uh, like the Adams family movies, the most colorful you see outside of the Adams family home is when they're interacting with regular people. Like they're all like like their live action actors have always had kind of like like muted makeup, uh, black white, just very t- very pale visuals inside their home so if you want something that feels adam's family ish uh all like all of i do love how they incorporated all of like wednesday has a special made uh uniform because the uniforms are usually like purple and black hers is just all it's like various shades of black um her room um their her roommate's very colorful and color oriented and Wednesday splits the room perfectly down the middle to the point where she darkens the already gray floor. So, so like I love the like, dichotomy. I love the very wicked, uh, uh, popular sort of era uh, roommate situation that they have yes. at Sniz or whatever. Uh, uh, yeah. That 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 part of it was a, a little delightful. I also want to amend my prior statement. The last Burtoniest Tim Burton was Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. And yes. not that that was successful whatsoever, but maybe that was the moment when he realized maybe less is more, you know? Yeah. And he like, and like I said, with his writing and every, I don't think, has he done a TV series? Ooh, that's a good question. I don't think he has. I went looking before the episode and, and I couldn't, I couldn't find anything remotely. And he only, I think he only directed four episodes um, of this series. But uh, yeah, I think this is his first TV series with his name attached to it. Um, no, okay. So he did. Um, he he was director on a couple other things early in his career. Wow, mm-hmm. including uh, Alfred Hitchcock presents. Oh, um, but uh, the last thing. Oh, wow. Okay, so you know what it is. The last thing he did. 
that was television was Stain Boy back in 2000. And it was, there were web shorts, there weren't TV. Uh, Wikipedia is lying to me, but he did some other stuff. Family Dog. I guess he was involved somewhat with he, the Beetlejuice. He was, uh, exe- he was executive producer of Family Dog and the Beetlejuice cartoon. Yeah, but I mean, no, I think you're right. This is, this is the most television uh that he has done uh ever so yeah this yeah. is uh yeah he's executive producer i mean he his 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 mark is on this for sure I, i'm wondering if it will persist into an, another season or not um i also sit there and think why do i always assume that burton has done adam's family and it's because like you said they kind of kind of they kind of marry together in a lot of ways the the sort of the muted, the black and white, the sort of gore, all that stuff. Uh, but Barry Levinson was, uh, I believe, the uh, previous Adams Family's like uh, main director, and his style is also kind of in some ways similar to uh, Burton. So, okay, uh, yeah, yeah um, no, I I love the show. I I think I mean I've only watched for I love the show. I've watched the first episode, but um, I, I I'm very <laughs> I'm I'm enjoying what I've seen. I'm gonna. I'm going to keep watching it. It uh, There were things that didn't work at first for me. I was kind of like, oh, it's, that's not my Gomez, which is stupid because if you look at the, the comic, it's that's, that's, Oh my God. He, he looks, he looks like, like Guzman. Like now, what did you think of uh, Pugsley? So I don't know that the actor they chose was the right one. Cause I, in my head again, I just think, I don't know. Pugsley's a little different, but looking at him next to Guzman and Catherine Zeta Jones, like, and with a little, a little bit of a pug nose, just a little bit, just enough. Like I get it, I totally get it. And he's not a big part of the show, at least so far. So um, I don't know. That actor didn't whelm. He whelmed me. But uh, just whelmed. He just whelmed. Um, so overall, uh, it sounds like you guys are enjoying Wednesday on Netflix so far. I have not started it myself, but. Um, I, 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 you know, I loved the movies, the, uh, the, the nineties films, films. Um, but I've never been a huge Adams family person. So I'm kind of up in the air whether or not I, I want to start Wednesday, but you know, I, I'll probably give it a shot. I added it to my list on Netflix of, uh, things to, to watch. And maybe I can take a break from going back and binge watching the amazing race now. So. So, uh, are you, so you're saying you're going to start watching it Wednesday? May, uh, maybe I will put it on my calendar for Wednesday <laughs> to start watching Wednesday. Okay, good. <laughs> so that is Wednesday on Netflix. Check it out. So far, so good from uh, the podcast here. All right. So last topic swings over to me, and I want to discuss. Something that just came out, literally just came out the day before this recording. Uh, but apparently half of my my Twitter feed watched it as soon as it released. But that is the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, which is an American television special written and directed by James Gunn for the streaming service Disney+. Plus. It's based on the Marvel Comics superhero team Guardians of the Galaxy. It's the second Marvel Studios special presentation in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, or the MCU, sharing continuity with the films and television series of the franchise. Special is produced by Marvel Studios and follows the Guardians of the Galaxy as they celebrate Christmas and search for a present for their leader, Peter Quill. The special was also produced by Troll Court Entertainment. And we have Chris Pratt, Dave Bautista, Karen Gillian, Palm Clem- oh god, I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher this, and I'm so sorry. Palm Clementif, 
Vin Diesel, Bradley Cooper, Sean Gunn, and Michael Rooker reprising their roles uh, as the Guardians from previous MCU media with the band All 97s and introducing, in quotes, Kevin Bacon. Uh, so Gunn worked on the concept of the special during the productions of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 before it was announced in December of 2020. Uh, filming occurred from February to late April 2022 uh, during the production of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. And it was released on Disney Plus on November 25th. This uh, Wikipedia article says serving as the conclusion of Phase Four. Um, I don't. I don't appreciate that. I don't like. It. All right. <laughs> Wakanda Forever is the end of Phase Four. This is in its own little uh, spatial bubble. It's in the eye of the Jeremy Barami. Is what is how I feel about this. <laughs> uh, so. This just released yesterday on Disney Plus, and I okay. So, friend of the pod, uh, <laughs> we have we have a couple of friends that have uh, been super excited about this, uh, but I wasn't. I don't know. I wasn't super looking forward to it. Guardians, I thought, was a good film, especially the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie. I thought was was really good. I think a bit of uh, the Chris Prattiness of everything has kind of soured me a little bit to to the franchise. Uh, but Jay Abbott, friend of the pod, good friend of ours, um, is huge on this. So a lot of my Facebook posts, a lot of my Twitter feed has kind of been inundated with, with guardian stuff. Um, a lot of the, the rehired James, uh, gun movement, uh, was promoted through all that. And having a holiday special like this, I was like, okay, you know what? I'm, I'm going to watch it. I've been watching a lot of amazing race, um, as of late, because I needed another, uh, you know, reality competition-based show to binge 30-plus seasons of. Um, and I said, you know what? I I want something that's going to be nerdy and geeky and current for this episode. So I said, you know what? While I am uh, rearranging and cleaning my room to put up my Christmas tree in preparation for the Trim My Bush party, Let's watch this Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. So the premise is pretty basic. They it, they start with a cartoon flashback of Quill and Yondu and um, oh god, why can't I remember the the one Craglin? Uh, Craglin, that's it, Craglin. Uh, and Craglin and, and Quill are like setting up this little tree and everything. It's this whole kind of like how Yondu ruined Christmas for, <laughs> for Craglin and for Peter uh, back in the, back in the day on, on the Ravager ship. So Mantis feels that she needs to do something for, for Peter to make up for how Yondu ruined Christmas because of the secret, the secret that only, um, Drax knows and leads to a joke about um, the Zarg nuts that, that she ate and nobody else knows about. But then this was the big thing that came up on social media as we came into this is that apparently Mantis is P- 
Peter Quill's sister, which was apparently part of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. It was part of a deleted scene that did not make the final film. But Ego's her dad, which kind of oh. makes sense. Yeah. Kind of makes sense. But she doesn't want him to know that she's his sister because she is, you know, she's worried that with everything that happened, that any time that Peter sees Mantis, that he's going to be reminded of Ego and all of that. Oh, yeah. So there is a there is a heartfelt moment to it. And they they decide that the one Earth person that Peter has talked about more than anybody else is who they will get and bring as a gift. And that person is Kevin Bacon. (laughs) And then shenanigans and sue on Earth. (laughs) Like it's. I don't want to give away a ton of it because there are some parts that are that are, are are funny and kind of you get more of an emotional impact if you experience them when they happen. Um, but I will say this: the first part, like I didn't, I didn't think it was bad. I don't think any part of this this special was bad. It felt very, as the kids say, mid. Um, through the the front half of of the special, once it gets past kind of the shenanigans on Earth, and it switches over, it actually has a shit ton of heart buried in there. That's and what I've been hearing. It's, yeah. I hear it, it's got a ton ton of heart, a ton of it. I, I it's mean, it's a very it's a very traditional in certain respects and like the form, it's kind of mm-hmm. a very traditional Christmas special. I mean, yeah, like go back to, and this is a bad example. It's a great example. Look at the life day special for star Wars, right? Like look at the pieces that are involved. You got Will musical numbers. Yes. <laughs> yes. You got the music number, uh, music numbers. You got the celebrity cameos. You, you, it's it, the flat. It, it's there. It's there. Anyway, uh, sorry. Go ahead. I mean, no, no B. Arthur singing for you, oh, but good. Could you I mean. imagine <laughs> through the power of CG, they bring back v, v, B. Arthur. <laughs> that would have be. been a flex. That would have been pretty amazing. It, it would have been amazing. Yeah. Is that the word we're gonna use? Oh yes. yes. No, because of what it means, because of the yeah. connection to the life days. But yeah, all of it would have been pretty epic. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. It it definitely it, it changed my perception of a couple of things. Like Mantis, and uh, I'm not even gonna try to say her name again because I will butcher it again. Um, but Mantis gets fleshed out and developed in a much different way in this special and i mm-hmm. love that for her like it, it brings this whole journey and i i will i i cried like at the end eh, end ish towards the end um definitely definitely just i i i lost it because it it hits on it hits on the theme of family it hits on like feeling alone and being alone and and um the kind of the way that the way that the past couple like the guardians movies the thor the last couple of thor films there's been a, a uh, an odd balance to the seriousness or the heartfelt tones 
compared to the light moment. So we've talked about it in like Love and Thunder. Um, it, it always tends to skew more to the funny haha. And this, I think James Gunn found a really good balance of being able to deliver the jokes, but then when it came time to really kind of putting in the, the heartfelt message that it, it, it all worked and it all kind of blended very well. Um, and then like some of, some of the gags of like when they were passing out gifts and there's one point at the end where I think Groot hands out a bunch of gifts to like each of them, like to Nebula and, and, and Quill and Mantis and Craglin. And they're all of these like clay, scenes of like, like different diorama. escapades. Yeah. Right? yeah. Like, if you were to put them together, like it would have like formed a, a storyboard. Uh, and like Craglin's is like ridiculous. Cause it's, it's so ridiculously meta. It's Craglin holding a, uh, a clay Craglin holding the clay Craglin holding the clay Craglin. It was, it was this whole weird thing. And it, it I mean, even some little things of, um, uh, Groot, I am grooting and having a conversation with Peter where he's like, um, you know, I guess, you know, Oh, I, I, you know, you thought this was a bad idea. I saw you wheel him out in front of everybody. Like there are these little zingers that happen that just make you appreciate the work that, that James Gunn has done to, to put together this movie and that these actors put into um, making these things come to life. My real issue is Drax. Drax has changed so much. And I'm not one of those, I'm not one of those fanboys that's like, oh my God, why did they do this to Thor? Thor in the Dark World was so much better than Thor in Love and Thunder because he's a serious character. And these are all comic book characters. I don't know where the fuck anybody on the internet gets that these people are like from fucking Macbeth. And they need to have these deep, serious tones to them. They're fucking comic book characters. But the way that Drax has gone from... Like, I know Drax is a a killing machine, kind of? They've amalgamated different parts of Drax, the Destroyer, from the comics. Because there are a couple... There are two different Draxes, if I'm not mistaken. There was the, the, the... human whose family was killed and then he was like body swapped into the destroyer I, there's a lot of Drax back story that doesn't necessarily get ported into the films but the fact that he's kind of become this like just i'm trying to figure out how to de- how to describe this properly he's 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 the humor of his whole like i'm gonna say everything that like comes to my mind like with no filter or i'm gonna you know i don't what, what is he's he? not having an inner inner monologue or whatever like it's all out they're, like they his species is like super literal yeah it's 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 it this this above all else really was the least uh funny version of that it was yes. very because it wasn't that because it yeah. stopped being that. It started to be he's they've slowly taken it into almost a mean territory. Yeah. Like him just like him, you know, like the whole thing with him and Mantis in volume two, where like it's just it's I yes, I hundred percent agree with you. This is the worst version of 
Drax in all of the media that we've seen him in so far. And it's just like, there's a, like a disregard for, for, for life. Some of the bits with Drax were funny. Like when he was like, um, how am I supposed to follow the rules if you don't tell me what they are? Like, I, I thought that was, was kind of funny, but it's, it, it was, it's, it's not good when this special is 75% Drax and, um, and Mantis when Drax yeah, is not well, as successful humor wise. Cause that's, that's been the role. Like you said, he's kind of been relegated to is yeah, he's the badass, He's the muscle, but he's, he's, he's the joke most of the time. I, the funny part about it is I don't, I didn't necessarily mind it when he's almost a straight man to Mantis because Mantis has this weird comedy to her oh. that isn't like yeah. Yeah. childlike, but originally kind of felt naive and childlike in like volume two. And they've actually given it nuance in this special. And that's what I love about it. So to have Drax kind of be, um, uh, had, had they dialed it back a little bit and made him more of the straight man, I think it would have been great. Um, their their whole thing about like the the candy cane and the 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 little funny little man, the, the funny the little elf. man on the yeah. on the lawn, yeah, like that was fun. Like those bits were were good. I just love them going to a, probably a gay bar. It looked like a mixed, but let's just go with a gay bar. <laughs> oh yeah, and 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 just having like this like. I don't know, like 30 second montage of them getting drunk and partying like dumb, but just delightful in, in, in that's, that's what we want to see with Drax. We want to see him doing dumb shit or, or, or muscle stuff. But yeah, like there's just too many things where he's like mean and just saying what? like the whole, I didn't get the whole actor thing other than it's the dumb joke. Oh, actors are horrible people. Like that well, was the running. That, that kind of became a running thing because <laughs> even um, Nebula was yeah. she's like, Oh, I guess all, uh, all actors aren't assholes or aren't pieces of shit or whatever. And it I was, was like, just such a weird, like out of nowhere. And it, it didn't, it, to me, it didn't service anything, but I do want to agree a thousand percent. This episode, this little, little nugget it works so well for nothing else but uh, Mantis. Mantis, mm-hmm. who is such a Mantis and Cosmo, which I Cosmo also got oh, a lot of great yes. times. Like oh, they yeah. are such a big part of Guardians in this modern, more more modern incarnation. Not maybe like most modern, but like the Abnett and Lanning era. Like it thrills me, and nowhere as well. Like it thrills me to 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 no end to see them fully realized parts of the family. You know, I know it's they've been coming and they've been building them up more and more. But like this special, like the, those two get just so many great little moments and beats. And hell, even Groot, which Groot can be uh, uh, obnoxious. I think they found exactly the right amount of Groot in this in this episode without it being ob- and and Rocket too. Like just enough, just enough to like meet the bill, meet the whatever. And 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 then and then at last but not least, Peter. Uh, well, and and Nebula too, but like you know, she's kind of like such a waste for Karen Gillan, but whatever. Hey, it's a paycheck. Um, uh, I mean, they filmed it during volume three, so at least she was getting double paid. No, but for sure. But I mean, I just like Karen Gillan is such an amazing actress on her own without all the, anyway, uh, the, the the least that you, I think the character has the least screen time, thankfully is, uh, is Peter Quill, which I'm not even one of those people who's like rabidly anti Chris Pratt. I think he's an idiot. who said dumb shit, but like to me, like, I don't have any, I don't care. He's whatever. I, I just, I, yeah, he's, they, they use exactly the right amount of, of, of those characters, but Drax, I, I wish it honestly had been Nebula or somebody else. Like just 
not 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 the best um i don't know for me but i liked it and overall that, by the way i liked it overall just that yeah and flula 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 borg was the bartender at the bar that uh serves oh. mantis and tracks oh yeah um <laughs> but when mantis does that first shot that is me after any time i do a shot of malort rumplements <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. I just I dispute the Rumplemans thing. I dispute that. Uh Malort no, for that, sure. That anytime I anytime I shoot Malort or Rumplemans, um, that is me. <sighs> <laughs> that was like that was perfect. And I thought just, you meant the, it, the tongue licking, like the like, like, like I was uh, like, what the hell is she? No. And then and then as soon as she finishes her like 20 seconds of like flame throwing essentially she's like more and i'm like oh my God. yes ma'am that is exactly how you do it and then the guy sidling up to uh to drax and offered to buy him tequila shots is like yes because mm-hmm. that is that is exactly how any any gay bar in weho would be so i, I did <laughs> appreciate that but yeah cosmo cosmo talked in this episode in this special it was phenomenal and those uh Maria Bakalova. I don't want to call her Baklova. That that would have just been <laughs> wrong. Uh, but the, when Cosmo Cosmo is being bossed around by Rocket, and then straight up refuses to to keep working until he gives uh, until Rocket gives him treats, and I was like, that is everything. It was just it was adorable and done so well, and the fact that Cosmo is being incorporated into more guardian stuff. Like, I just think that's, that's awesome. Uh, and then a, uh, a voice only, uh, cameo by Kira Sedgwick as well. Oh my God. <laughs> the closer. I was, I was, I was hoping she showed up in person at the house or, but that wouldn't, that wouldn't have worked as well. But the fact that they brought her in, I just, I was so, uh, the, so for those of you who don't know, the closer it's just one of those shows that uh, is near and dear to some of our hearts. And Kira Sedgwick just does not get enough uh, love for how amazing she is, other than being an amazing Mrs. Kevin Bacon. But so, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then the old 97s were the band that was on um, on Nowhere and uh, apparently are friends with uh, James Gunn. So when they, they put together the, the music, he reached out to the old 97s to record the song and then uh, be a part of the special. But I, you know, it's a, it's a 45 ish minute uh, episode. It does give you the option once it gets to the credits to skip the credits, to go to the post credit scene, which is a lovely addition to, um, to Disney plus streaming. I, I, I say that because I don't watch a ton of things that have that option. Uh, I totally missed that too. And I just sat there and fast forward. <laughs> <laughs> oh, were you casting or are you using like the, the no, TV app? I was in the in-app, in-app thing. I thought I just missed oh. a little, little whatever. And I'm glad both with Andor and with this, I'm so glad that I was like, just in case, just in case. And oh my God. <laughs> uh, yes. So great. I, I'm, I'm sitting there the whole time like this has got to be a joke. And I don't want to spoil it, but this has got to be a joke. It's so obviously a thing you could do. And, and then they did it. So, yeah. Yeah, it, it it was it was adorable. Um, like I said, I, if, if you have keep an eye when the credits start in the first minute or so, because uh, the 
for me on my my Samsung TV in the Disney Plus app, it gave me the option to just skip the credits and it went right to the post credit scene, which which was fantastic. But I it's definitely worth the watch. Um, some of the some parts may be a little like, oh, well, this is just kind of whatever. But it, it there was a touching scene that led into more backstory and just I did not expect to feel that much warmth from this special. And I'm glad that I did. And I'm glad that I watched it. So um, I definitely recommend it. I haven't, I did not watch uh, werewolf by night yet. So I need to still go back and, so and watch good. that. Oh my God. Watch that. I, I forget so that it was a thing. Like it's not, I, I don't go into the Disney plus app all that often um, unless there is a, a currently running show. But I'll have to go back and watch it. But I did, I did appreciate this one. Um, and and again, I in my mind, it will not be the end of Phase Four. It will be in the the dot of the eye and the Jeremy Baramy, which is where <laughs> Janet's birthday is as well. And um, and, and I, I think it was a nice little a nice little holiday treat for. Um, for this time of year so go check it out disney plus the guardians of the galaxy holiday special uh, we call it holiday special it's just a christmas special um let's let's be completely honest holiday is just here used to try to make it seem less uh christian <laughs> i guess hey, that's become a topic that's come up a lot recently especially because like um here in chicago the one of the the l cars and it changes uh, over the course of a couple of weeks, turns into the holiday train. And then there's also a holiday bus and it's all lit up and decorated. And uh, it's like, just call it what it is. It's a Christmas train. You know, you want to, you want to say holiday as if it's going to be catered to more than just, uh, you know, the, the Christian holiday of Christmas, but it's not, there wasn't a Hanukkah bush. There was no menorah. I did not see uh, anything for Kwanzaa. I don't know what the, the the holder of the candles for Kwanzaa is. I don't want to misspeak there. But uh, overall, I think it was enjoyable. The only thing I will say, and this kind of will be a, a, a different tangent. Uh, Brian, you had mentioned like, you know, you're not a rabid anti-Chris Pratt person. I'm not for the most part either. I will say this, especially with everything that's been happening lately. Um, the shooting at Club Q, the attack on trans America, you know, trans people throughout America. If you are part of a group, you're part of a church that is uh, very, very strict and very vocal about their anti-LGBTQ stance, and you don't denounce it, your silence equals complicity at this point. You know, and it's it's a tough thing to swallow because you try to separate the art from the artists and you can't always do that. Um, Letitia Wright is another one. Like it, it was, I was very conflicted going into black Panther and we'll talk more about this in our black Panther episode. Um, but I'm also not going to take away from the work that everybody else in that film did. Evangeline Lilly, you know, is another person who was spouting anti-vax, you know, stuff. I'm still going to see Quantumania because there are other people and there are other stories that are being told, but it is, it is difficult. And with the way that um, uh, a lot of 
certain people in this country, right wingers, uh, far right extremists are, are taking aim at the LGBT community. It gets a little bit tougher to sit by and just be okay with it. So it's trying to find that balance of separating the art and the artists, supporting the people that you want to support, even if it inadvertently supports somebody else. It's a tough call. And, you know, if you're out there and you're listening and you choose not to support these films or the, the specials because of things like that, know that that is absolutely valid and absolutely your right. And just, um, you know, make sure that you are you're following your conscience and your heart for all of that. So that's just my little my little take on the Chris Prattiness of, of it all, which sucks. because I, will, I like him. <laughs> I will say if you want to get like the latest on his words, go there, there's a uh, and by the way, I'm not defending what he said. This is an important <laughs> distinction here. We can have nuance in these discussions. It's possible. Yeah. It's not on Twitter. Oh, yeah. Uh, go on. Well, which is dead anyway, right? Uh, go on. Uh, look up. There's a variety article, and there's a men's health. Which, uh, he talks a little bit about the Hillsong stuff. Hillsong, and and I and I have a sensitivity to this only because I have I am from a faith based community. I was in the church for many many years. I have a lot of friends in the faith based community still, though decreasingly, <laughs> to say the least. Uh, at least as actively, whatever. Uh, and, 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 you know, there's a lot of amazing people in the church who just are uneducated or they've been misled by the church and yada, yada, yada. So it's, 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 it gets messy really quickly. Uh, but, but certainly agree, Pat, like, you know, the silence is complicity, uh, you know, calling out our friends and family for supporting organizations that have led to where we're at is, is, is not, it's something we all should do in our own lives. But, um, anyway, so long story short, there is updates on the Pratt. Hillsong stuff. Uh, he does talk very straightforward about, you know, not being anti-LGBTQ. LGBTQ. He, he not being a part of Hillsong. Anyway, all of it, like he's talked somewhat recently. Uh, and all I'm saying is like, I just, when it gets murky like that to me, it's one thing if it's like a Kevin Spacey or uh, Evangeline Lilly to some extent where they are actively like saying dumb shit and need to be canceled or put in a corner whatever right but when it's like this association thing you're like okay now hold on here before we get the pitchforks and the and the torches out let's really get to the bottom of the issue and and really try to judge correctly and it's hard it's so hard because there's so many perspectives and it is such a such a damn important issue especially you know in light of this stupid another shooting like it, it anyway all i say is just do do your do your research i did my research so do look into it and make your call right and then you know you can have these discussions with people hopefully not on twitter or facebook or any social media and actually have like a, a good adult nuanced conversation right so this is this is this comes up a lot in my life and I, i'll talk about it's my one up trying to find the middle path between the extreme mob pitchfork mentality of some of the things on like Twitter a lot, but the other social media and getting to the root of the real problems and the real issues. And and like the space in between is so hard, right. To find. So, and again, I'm not defending Chris Pratt, dude, probably an asshole. (laughs) He, he, uh, he stepped out on what was her name? Anna is Anna Paris. Yeah. Anna Ferris. Anna Ferris, sorry, who I love. I absolutely adore. So whatever, fuck him. 
but like you know just just when you are getting on the you know on the like ah this guy just be aware that life is so messy and come harder to pin down than we do in our hot takes online and it's just it's just it's just it's tough so i don't know well for sure and and it's uh, it's not necessarily you know what i'm i'm referring to is the fact that he is faith-based or or maybe now is i don't whatever you find your your faith is is your own journey but there are other churches there are other faith-based organizations where you maybe don't have that same reputation don't have that same that same take so and, and, and again it's tough i watched it i'm you know like i said i'm gonna go see volume three when it comes out i you know i can just have that little bit of a a feel of um maybe that guy sucks <laughs> You know, and again, it sucks because I did really enjoy Chris Pratt, you know, for for a while, and I don't think he was bad. I, I will say this outright, you know, a lot of the Letitia Wright stuff that came out and and happened as Wakanda Forever was being filmed, you know, it it really soured me to her as a person. But I, yeah, she fucking killed it in Wakanda Forever, and you know, again, we'll talk more about that at another point, but. It's sometimes there is sometimes a point where you have to separate the art from the artist, and you can sometimes take comfort in in enjoying things. But that's enough of that for right now. That that's our our serious moment for for the <laughs> podcast. Was that our, so, our was that our social was that our social cues micro episode? Yeah, there, there we go. go. There <laughs> we go. Uh, so yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Go check it out and uh, tell us what you thought. All right, let's get into some one ups. Uh, Eric, why don't you give us your one up? Um. So there's an earworm. And a TikToky trend happening that's just been stuck in my brain. And I don't know if it's a one-up, but it's just there, and I can't get <laughs> rid of it. Um, which is uh, Megan Trainer's Made You Look. <laughs> and I like Megan Trainer. I don't dislike her. But this song was made for nothing other than the TikToks. <laughs> and but I kind of look all right. I kind of find it catchy, and I find myself pulling up the video frequently on YouTube. So I guess I like it, uh, <laughs> but I haven't learned the TikTok dance yet, so I'm not fully crazy about it. But yeah, do you that's often my learn TikToky dances? I do not. As an elder millennial, I, I do not do the, the Tiki Talks. Uh, I'm sorry, sir. They have changed the, the title to Geriatric Millennial. So. No! Oh, no. <laughs> what does that make uh, old or young? I don't know. Gen, boomer. Gen Xers. No, you're old. not a boomer, buddy. You're old. You're just old, buddy. Hey, listen. You're, not even, on the, those... you're not even on the social screen. You're just old. I was one of those. I was on a Tiki Taki dance uh, myself recently. I just want you to know uh, I have moves like Jagger, literally because Jagger is ancient. Oof. <laughs> Oof. I was going to say, you're not making a good case for yourself, sir. <laughs> exactly. You're not making a good case for yourself. Well, wait till you see the video. It's, it's It makes the case for me. It's, it's oh, I saw it. 
Oh, uh, I was well yeah. aware. Your 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 Christmas gift is me not commenting on the video. <laughs> <laughs> I was worried though, Eric. You were talking about the earworm because and in TikTok it's so fast. But like uh, the one that BJ shared with us uh, uh, about uh, oh, candelabras. <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> that one still comes up on TikTok quite a lot. It <laughs> is, um, oh god, you can't get that out of your head without Clorox. It's horrible. Yeah, but I got my Gucci on. <laughs> I could have my Gucci on. I could be in my Louis Vuittons. <laughs> I made you look. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I I made you look by Megan Trainer is uh, it's one of those that that just kind of pops up randomly and it's did you was, I think her she had her brother do one as well I I don't know it's it's a very interesting life cycle for Megan Trainer I don't her album got buried by one of the big the biggest album of the year coming out the same day so at least she's got a ticky talky dance yeah. That's, I mean, the, I'm, I'm still trying to figure out the only one, the only part of the bejeweled one that I, I know, uh, the Taylor Swift ticky talky trend that's going on is the, the shimmer, the little, the, the little shimmer fingers. It's about all I got. <laughs> ah, Eric doing ticky talky dances in his room. That is his one up. Cause I, I'm telling you, even though they're not out there on social media, he's doing them in his room. <gasps> I promise. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Brian, what is your one up? So I, I've discovered somebody who I should have known about a while ago. And I'm sad that someone probably actually on this show has mentioned them and I just didn't register, but, uh, I've discovered Z way. And we talked I don't about even know who that is. She is fantastic. Oh my God. BJ. The show is I'm... BJ. Oh, <laughs> Z way. So you and Z-Way have so much in common besides just this color of your skin, baby. Let me tell you. <laughs> Here it is. You, buddy, you saved it. I was literally... No, no, no. No, take that off. Take that off. Well, but no, see, this is the thing. Oral was about to materialize. <laughs> no, listen. From here's the thing. In air. <laughs> and I wouldn't that be amazing, by the way? I'd love to see him right now. No. BJ, you, you, your sense of humor, which is so specific, is such a specific flavor that I, for years, did not understand, and 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 I had such a, I still struggle sometimes. But Zoe oh. is the first comedian I have heard who just it is it is you. You're uncomfortable. <laughs> but like, not, not even, take social out. Like just like the little like uh, pushback in, in a good way on like, oh, no, microaggressions. Like like Z way is. I I just I just had this uh, epiphany, and I was like, oh my god, this is <laughs> this is amazing. Now she is. I will say a little. Did, more you, watch the, did you watch the Bob the Drag Queen the oh, little video? Of course. Okay, yeah. Oh my God. Uh, I mean, like beat Spider-Man's ass. That was, that was delightfully like nerd, nerdy and deep, deep cuts. I love can that. Fist, can you describe fisting in relation to politics? <laughs> Did you see her interview? Michael Shea. You... Like, no. 
do you so so I I am I am uncomfortable comedy is tricky right because there is a certain fine like a sweet spot right uh, I watched the sketchy queens with Jinx and uh, Liam or whoever and there is some great uncomfortable comedy in there and and it, it is it works and then it really doesn't like so it's really hard to dial that in right uh, but Zwei and the editing whoever does the editing on her show oh my god like so perfect it's it's just it's it's almost like uh in that like sort of surreal like ridiculous whatever but it works just so well with her with her delivery and and like uh her her pushback on these characters making them feel incredibly uncomfortable about, about their own past and things they've said or they're like my favorite's a little chiron they put underneath when they say something yes. and then they totally yeah. use that like <laughs> take them out of context and just put, like it's just so smart and i love it so much and it is it is it is touching on things that i have been wrestling with and dealing with over many years in terms of race and 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 understanding my privilege and understanding all of the things that if you've listened to the show for a while it's been a journey right thank god thank oral i always credit oral for for starting me and really helping me push me down this path but like it, it does all that in such a funny postmodern uncomfortable way that is just ah it's a chef's kiss. So good. Uh, so Zwi on Showtime. I know most of you probably don't have Showtime. Go on YouTube. YouTube has a lot of the best clips. She um, actually has she has a TikTok page. I've actually seen her. I've seen her on TikTok. Yes, TikTok, yeah. Instagram, and she did a YouTube series. She's done a lot of stuff uh, already. Nigerian American, um, still pretty young, but like my God, such an upcoming uh, superstar that is just ah. I can't. That is the best one up I think I could ever give this audience is just go look up Zwi on YouTube or TikTok or anywhere, and 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 you're welcome. And she was part of Yearly Departed, uh, the Amazon Prime special. Uh, she was Kamala Harris in our, our cartoon president that series. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, she was Sojourner she was, Truth in in Dickinson, which I was yeah. like, oh my god. Sophie <laughs> so in Succession. Cool. She's Amelia on the Great North. Uh, she's got a lot going oh, on. I didn't know she was on the great North. That's, I guess you go back and watch that again. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. And, uh, yes. Uh, oh, and speaking of, uh, jinx, uh, Z way will be, uh, the next guest on the next episode of hi jinx. I'm very oh, excited hi, for that. Jinx. I'm very excited. <laughs> I downloaded that from my, uh, five hour flight. So, um, I'm, 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 I'm excited. I just, Jinx is doing some. Uh, we should also give. If no one's given Jinx this one up, right? We should do this too. Jinx just landed a, a Broadway role. Finally, this is like a dream come oh, yeah. true. She's gonna be Mama Morton in Chicago. I mean, she uh, should be Vilma, but they aren't ready for that. No, they're not, of course not. Right. You're, you're right, though. You're totally right. Um, but like, you know, Jinx is just killing it. Screen, sketchy Queens. I would say go watch it if you have Wow. Uh, like go go watch it. It's it's got some real gems. But then it's got just sketches where you're just like, God, I wish I could get the last five minutes back of my life. It's so bad. So, you you, you know, was, was, was Sketchy Queens uh, was the the Wild Present show her prize for winning All Star Seven. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. She used to duet with uh, RuPaul. And... <laughs> no, Blue proceeds, the proceeds go to a charity of her choice. <laughs> oh. Not the blue oh. treatment. Not the blue treatment. Not that. Anything but that. Not, oh. not, not, not the not the remix compilation track. 
Oh, record a song with RuPaul. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> you yeah. don't even get to go to Hollywood. They're just going to do it in the closet in, in Birmingham. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to use the uh, the microphones and everything that are not plugged in on the, uh, the main stage. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my God. They're just gonna use clips of her voice from her confessionals. She doesn't even get to record it. They're gonna do that computer generated. Uh, they train your thing, and then they can just spit out RuPaul forever. That's how they're gonna do it. Oh god! Oh, these UK queens. Oh, at least they can. At, at least, least they can start the making money. Can win some money. Right. Right. Oh God. Let's not. Even, let's not get into Canada versus the world. <laughs> this is a hot mess. Express. God. I, Anywho, <laughs> we'll we'll talk about that another time. <laughs> oh, BJ, what is your one up? Uh, mine actually is uh, something that everybody thought would suck. Um, but it's actually been a lot of fucking fun. Uh, Sonic Frontiers. Um, it has been advertised for like the past year and a half. Um, it was originally thought to be the first open world Sonic game, kind of like uh, Breath of the Wild. Uh, but it's uh, Sega has been very quick to say that it's open zone. So it's a series of islands. And you have free run of the island area, but once you move to a different island, you can't really go back till the end of the game. Uh, so you're so you're kind of in a sandbox, but it is ridiculously fun uh, just to kind of run around different island environments. Um, you're collecting. Uh, you do. You have a couple of items to collect uh, to move the story along. Um, uh, there's a really weird moment where Robotnik has created a new AI and through a whole bunch of little side quest memos uh, from Robotnik, he actually mentions as being like, he's like, her? It? I should probably ask them about what their preferred preferred method of uh, identification is. So I'm like, did Dr. Robotnik just ask about his AI's pronouns? I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> So, Dr. Robotnik, like caring, caring, caring about his AI's pronouns. Um, so no, it's, it's actually, it's, it's a lot of fun. I just beat it. I want to say as of like two hours before, uh, the beginning of this recording, uh, I just played it nonstop. Uh, it's been a blast, um, a little bit repetitive, but it is on as of right now. Uh, when does this episode drop? Uh, just under a week. I believe it should still be on sale. It's on every major. Um, it's on Steam, Switch, PS5. I have it for PS5. Um, uh, all Xbox, the Black Friday all, sales. All the things. <laughs> well, what's funny is Sega Sega fully... So the reviews have been mixed, but Sega fully put this game on sale before Black Friday and Cyber Monday um because i guess they just thought it was going to not do well but it's actually doing really well so if you can find it on sale definitely pick it up it's it's actually it's a blast and a half although and it's also very weird to hear sonic talk in a normal tone of voice uh his balls dropped finally so he doesn't sound like a saturday morning cartoon character <laughs> Julia White didn't voice Sonic again no uh, it's That's been the sad. same guy it's been the same guy since like 
uh, like Sonic Adventure, I think. Hmm. So. And that's it's on PlayStation again, or yeah, it's, now it's on everything. Yeah, it's on everything. It's on PlayStation, mm-hmm. um, uh, Nintendo, all the all the systems. It's everywhere. Did, did Nintendo have like an exclusive deal at one point? Because I feel like when Sega finally went under, Sonic just moved over to Nintendo, but. They also uh, the, haven't put out really any like Sonic solo games in a while, right? Yeah, it's been a while. So it's Sonic's had such a checkered past, especially when it came to like three D three D platforming games. Um, they they had an exclusivity deal for the DS games, so any handhelds um, Sonic games after Sega switched to just making games and not um, systems. Uh, Nintendo did have an exclusivity deal for like I think it was the Sonic Boom series, and uh, uh, there's a couple of other Sonic games that were only on Nintendo DS. I think Sonic Colors, and then once that deal went out, uh, I think Sonic Colors is actually only on Nintendo. Um, but a lot of the the new remakes, uh, 2D remakes of Sonic and everything, those are on all systems like Sonic Mania and Sonic Origins. Hmm. Yeah. Well, there you go. Well, go check it out, Sonic Frontiers, and uh, that that sounds like a sounds like a blasty blast. All right. So uh, for my one up, um, please don't hate me, world. But I survived mm-hmm. the Ticketmaster queue for the Taylor Swift Eras tour. I don't. I think we recorded our last roundup right before Midnight's came out. Um, Midnight's is. A pretty damn good album breaking spotify within the first five minutes of the album being released um she was the first female uh, first artist first female artist to take all 10 spots of the billboard hot 100 for the first time in the charts history there was not a man present in the top 10 of the billboard hot 100 um just breaking records like crazy apparently for the pre-sale, the verified fan pre-sale, they only sent out 1.4 million codes on the Monday before the uh, the, the pre-sale, the Tuesday pre-sale. Somehow 14 million people ended up in queues on Ticketmaster, causing the site to crash. And at one point, um, Ticketmaster paused the queues there was a two-hour pause for uh one of the chicago shows the one i was in line for and they ended up pushing back the west coast uh pre-sale by a couple of hours to try to figure it out and get it all together but uh, i was able to secure nosebleed tickets last time i saw taylor swift was in 2018 2019 one of those two things I don't remember. I think 2018 uh, on the Reputation tour, and um, I was in like section 100 with decent, like with only, with only paying like 125 a ticket, something like that. This time around, I, I spent about the same, and I'm in the 400s at um, Soldier Field here here in Chicago. So, hey, I'm gonna still get to go and see her. So I'm excited to see what is uh, what that show is going to be like. But my actual one up is a special that is on YouTube, free to watch, um, by Matteo Lane called The Advice Special. 
if you are not familiar, Matteo Lane is a uh, now a a comedian, a stand-up comic. Um, a super nice guy. Actually yelled at me at DragCon um, during a panel that I was I was attending uh, back in God, what was that? That was 2019. Uh, DragCon New York City 2019. It was at the comedy and drag panel with Daniel Franzesi and Pandora Box and Matteo Lane. And uh, I was taking pictures because uh, we had our press badges. And he yelled at me <laughs> to just to, to stop taking pictures and just enjoy the moment. And then he saw that I had a press badge on and he was like, oh, never mind. Um, so that was entertaining. But the special is uh, was recorded at the oh goodness uh the village underground at comedy cellar and he comes out and asks the audience if they have any questions or need any any advice and um the there is on his tiktok there is a clip from the first question that gets asked and it's about uh this guy who's sleeping with this this dude in his building um, and the advice that he needs is that the guy he was sleeping with uh, doesn't speak English and uh, in a message so that he wants to get closer to his wife and how should he respond to that. And uh, part of the, the response is uh, he goes, you respond with ha ha ha. Wait, no, ja ja ja. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, hasta mañana. So I'm like, it, but the fact that he like he doubled back and just ja 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 was made it all worth it. And like that, the fact that within the first couple of minutes, like we go into that, that, that whole piece, it just really well done. If, um, if you follow him on social media, you know that, uh, a lot of his stuff is, is comedy and, uh, going to Italy and eating pasta. Uh, there's no pasta involved, but there is a lot of Italian and, uh, and, and just hilarity in this, uh, 35 minute special. It's a, it's a fairly short, um uh, show but it is on youtube and it's free to watch so anybody regardless of streaming platform can go and enjoy this stand-up special and i highly recommend it uh for your viewing pleasure so that's the advice special by mateo lane on youtube and with that dear listeners we thank you so much for hanging out with us on this episode uh don't forget to check us out online at flameonshow.com and at patreon.com forward slash flame on show um, we'll be back soon with more podcast goodness for your eardrums. And uh, until then, Bobby Uch. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 